Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirman Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachet Shabbat Daf Chaf Aleph Amud Aleph at the bottom of the Amud, <coughs> and we're going to see the Gemara's transition from Hilchot Shabbat to Hilchot Ner Chanukah. And in a moment, when we begin Hilchot Ner Chanukah, I'll introduce its inclusion here. Tani Ram Bachama Ptilot Shamruchahim Ain Malikin Bahan Mashabat Ain Malikin Bahan Bamikdash. The wicks that Chachamim said may not use be used for Ner Shabbat, as we said earlier, cannot be used in the Mikdash for the Minorah Mishum Shinemar Lahalot Ner Tamid, because the Pasuk says that the flame should be able to go up by itself. Before we get to Ram Bahama's explanation, just want to clarify something about the text that we have. In most of our printed texts we have the words Ptilot Ushmanim. But that, of course, is an impossibility because the oil that's to be used for the menorah is explicitly and exclusively olive oil, fine olive oil, uh, as is uh, as is explicated several times in the Torah. And therefore, what seems to have happened is that from the next passage, Amar Vuna, which really is Ptilotu Shmanim, some copyist errantly added the word Shmanim into ours. But if we check the uh, best manuscripts of the Talmud, we'll see that it only says Ptilot, and that indeed is the exact verbiage of the Rambam in Ochot Tmidin Umusani who he said it and then he explained what it meant. The flame has to be able to go up by itself. It shouldn't need help to make it be in flame. Something, something like what we saw at the end of the first parak, uh, that uh, a flame should be self-sufficient. Now, Tanan, we have a Mishnah Sukkot says, that at the Simchat Beit HaShoeva, they would use tattered Big Dekuna, including their belts. And the belts are which means they include wool, and we already included wool among forbidden um, substances for wick. Now the answer is, that's different, that's we're not as concerned with the self-sufficiency of the flame as opposed to the menorah. Here we have an explicit statement that they used to use tattered big day kuna, uh, as wicks. So my love, the kilaim, aren't we talking about all the big day kuna? Load the boots, the ones that are only linen and with no wool in them. Okay, and now we begin the sugya, which will take us over the next several podcasts of Chanukah. Chanukah, it's important to note, has no masachet to itself. There are several theories proposed as to why that's the case. Uh, among them that, uh, a military victory uh, was hard to celebrate in the light of the destruction of Betar. Uh, the theory proposed in the name of the Chatam Sofer that Rabbi Yudha Nasi, who uh, organized the Mishnah, had a bad feelings towards the Maccabim because they ended up taking the royalty as Kohanim. Uh, see the Ramban's comments in Parshat Vayichi. Um, and, um, and that Rabbi Yudha Nasi himself, coming from the family of David HaMelech felt a certain amount of animosity towards them. In any case, whatever the case may be, there is no Masachat Chanukah. There is only one faint mention of the mitzvah of Ner Chanukah anywhere in the Mishnah, and that's in the famous Mishnah at the end of the sixth parak of Avakama that's going to be quoted in the Sugiah. So uh, all of these statements, most of which are Memrot from Bavel, interestingly enough, we have very little Torah there, it's Yisrael Chanukah, uh, were, co- were collated and collected and organized 
and then ultimately put here because of the following connection. This is the transition. So Ravuna said the same rules and restrictions apply to Ner Chanukah. Whether you're lighting on Friday late afternoon or any other day of the week of Hanukkah. So what's his reasoning? Kasavar, because on two different issues he has the following positions. Kavtazakukla, the first issue is if Ner Hanukkah goes out, you have to relight it. The second thing is that you're allowed to benefit from Ner Hanukkah. The result of that is, since you have to relight it, that means that you need to have good quality wicks. In other words, the halacha is concerned with the result of having good light. That's why I have to relight it. And second of all, since you're allowed to benefit from the light of, of Ner Hanukkah, on Shabbat we're concerned if we have inferior wicks that you will inadvertently fix the lamp, like we had uh, with the uh, sugya in the middle of the first parak. Rav Chista disagrees partially and says that you're allowed to use inferior wicks during the week, but not Shabbat. So that well, how's that? Kasavar, Rava continues, he must hold that if it goes out, you don't have to relight it. So therefore, we don't care if you use inferior or better wicks and oils, but you're still allowed to use the light of Ner Hanukkah. Therefore, on Shabbat is the other concern. This may go back to Rav, which is odd because Rav, of course, was the Rebbe of Ravun and Rav Chistab. That, of course, is the halacha, and you could use inferior wicks and fuels any night of Chanukah. So he picks up on the same thread as Rava. And it must be that Kesavar Kavta in Zakukla, that if Ner Hanukkah goes out, you don't have to relight it. And Asurlish Tamesh Lora, you're not allowed to benefit from Ner Hanukkah, so therefore on Shabbat it's not a problem. Now, little narrative. So the students told Abaye this explanation in Rabbi Yirmiya's name as we have it. He didn't accept it, and therefore he did not learn it. Ravin, when Ravin came from Eretz Yisrael, and then they quoted Rabbi Yochanan saying this, the Kiblai said, oh, Rabbi Yochanan said it, oh, I'll learn it. Abai said, had I been merited, I would have done it the first time. He learned it, what does he care? And I said, the difference is that the younger you are when you commit something to memory, the easier it is to remember. Yankuta, that's that which we review and learn over and over when we are young. But Kavtain Zakukla, so parenthetically, they challenge the position that Kavtain Zakukla, or Aminu, Mitzvatam Shtishkachama Achtichla Regomenashuk. We have a, a statement that is that the Mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is from sunset until the last person leaves the street. So my love, the Kavta, the Malikla, isn't that telling you a duration that has to last that long, so that means if it goes out, you have to relight it. No, it means the ilom adlik malik. It means it's a window of opportunity. You may light it during that time. Vinami l'shiura. The other possibility is that that's telling you how much oil and how big of a wick you have to have in that it could light that long. But if it goes out, you don't have to relight it. Parenthetically, What does that mean to the last person leaves the street? There are people from the town of Tadmor or Tadmoraim. Who, uh, who lived in this area, and evidently they were the last people to be in the marketplace because they were wood salesmen. So in the winter, at the end of the day, they'd be around for people who needed wood and realized it at the last minute. 
Okay, here's the very famous sugya. The essential mitzvah of Chanukah is one ner per household. It's unclear what this means, whether it means those who beautify the mitzvah, Rashi says those who run after the mitzvah. Ner l'chol achad v'achad. They have a ner for each person. Does that mean each person lights a ner, or the balabite lights a ner on behalf of each person? Two different versions in the Rambam, really. V'hamadrin min hamadrin. Those who really go after the mitzvah. But Shemar mei miyoshem alik v'shmor mikan ve'elach v'pochet ve'olech. But Shemai says you start with eight on the first day and descend each night until the last night you have one. Says you light one and on the second night two, etc., and continue to increase. Now, what's the machlokat about? So, in Eretz Yisrael, there was a machlokat about what this machlokat is about. And often, when Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi are quoted, we don't know who said what because they're both Yosi. One of them said, it's simply uh, a marker. And therefore, Beit Shammai said that you want to indicate how many days uh, there are left to go on Chanukah. And Beit Hillel's reason is you want to let people know how many days have already gone. The other one said that Beit Shammai's position is to replicate the Pareachag, the uh, korbanot of Sukkot, which go in descending order as per the Torah's command in Bamidbar Haftet, the first day 13 bulls, the next day 12 bulls, etc., till on the last day you have 7 bulls. And Betel's reason is to use the general Beit HaMikdash position, which is that we always go up in sanctity and not down based on the Mishnah in Menachot. Parenthetically, uh, there's much, much, much to say about this. However, just one little note is that the connection with Parihachag, which seems sort of strange to pluck out of thin air, is actually very well rooted. And it's important to note that Hanukkah originally was known, when it was first uh, instituted, as Sukkot of Kislev. And it was established as a second Sukkot. If you take a look in the second book of Maccabees, you could see uh, in the tenth chapter, you could see the details there. And that would be why Beit Shammai would make that connection to Parihachag. I'm Rachana, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, so I have a story. Shnei Zkinim Ayub Tzaydan. There were two Zkinim in the city of Tzaydan near Tiberia. Which is odd because that means that this late in the game, there still is no psak and no, uh, consensus on practice. But And each one, when asked why you're doing it, gave reasons based on the second presentation of the Machloket. Okay, Tana Rabbanan, we have a Brayta. The mitzvah is to put by the doorway on the outside. If you live in a, in a loft, which means you don't really have a doorway, you put it in the window that faces the public area. And much has been written on what this shata sakana is. Uh, there's strong arguments that this is referring to a Babylonian problem, which of course then means that this brayta is of Babylonian provenance. Uh, now, what's the danger? Unclear. Kodamashi, it would be the Chebra, which is in Bavel, and the other ones who would, on certain festivals, that they would have not allow anyone else to have a fire going, and if they saw a flame outside your house or in your window, they'd come and at least take it, if nothing wor- if not worse. So, you can leave it on your table, and that's good enough. 
very famous halacha, he said you need another nair in order to be able to read or to use the light. But if there's a bonfire going, lo because that's the light you're using. But if you're an adam chashuv, even if there is a medura, you need nair acheret because an adam chashuv doesn't use a medura. He has his own private lamp. So if he has one lamp, people won't know it's nair Hanukkah, They'll think it's his own private lamp in spite of the medura giving light to the whole room. Okay, now we go to what's probably the earliest text that we have about this, which goes to Megillat Ta'anit. Uh, remember that Megillat Tanit just lists days in the year on which we're not allowed to fast or have eulogies. Uh, it gives the date. Sometimes it'll give a name, but it won't give any explanation. So the passage from Megillat Tanit is From the 25th of Kislev, there's eight days of Hanukkah. You cannot have eulogies or fasts. Now, the Scholion explains, it's called the Scholion, is the explanation of the Megillat Tanit, and that, that, interestingly, is in Hebrew. The Greeks came in, and we were very familiar with the story, they, they defiled all of the oils. When the Chashmoneim beat them, they found only one vial of oil that had the seal of the Kohen Gadol, indicating it had not been defiled. Well, there was only in, there enough there to light for one day, the Menorah. A miracle happened, and they were able to light it for eight days. A later year, they established those days as days of Halal and Hoda'ah. Tananatan, we have the Mishnah, and this is the Mishnah referenced in the introduction, in Baba Kama, if a worker, a smith is working, and a spark shoots out from the uh, hammer hitting the anvil and does damage, he's chayav. Starts a fire, he's chayav. If you have a camel going through the marketplace laden with flax, which is very flammable, it's walking in the public, and the flax was sticking out so much that it went in through the window of the, uh, or the door of the store, and in the flax got inflamed on the lamp of the storekeeper in his store, and then burned down the whole area, the camel driver is liable. But if the storekeeper put his nair outside, then he's chayab, he shouldn't be putting his nair outside. That's it. He says, but if it's nair Hanukkah, then you're exempt. And the idea is that you put it out properly because you're supposed to put Ner Hanukkah outside. Amravina Mishmed Ravas, Ravina quoted Ravas saying, Zotomer, Ner Hanukkah mitzvah nechav toch That you, that means that you have to put Ner Hanukkah within the first ten tfachim of the ground. Why? Because if you think you could put it higher, Since camels come through this marketplace, you the storekeeper should have put your Ner Hanukkah way above where a camel would be. It must be that you have to put it lower. No, maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's just social policy, because if we would tell him you have to put it way high, he won't do the mitzvah at all. Now, the word darash here means, as it means in many places, that he gave a public halachat. If you put ner chanukah above 20 amot, 
Psula kesuka uchemavui. It's invalid just like a sukkah and a mavui are invalid if the schachs above twenty or the korah of the of the korah is uh, to over twenty high. And of course, the Torah has the very famous vort explaining the connection between these two things. The simple reason for this, for this being here is because you have the same trade in uh, sequence. Rav Kahana quoting Rav Nathan who's quoting Rav Tanchum, that when Yosef was thrown in the pit, it said the pit was empty, there was no water there. If it says the pit was empty, I know there's no water. So why does it say that? There was no water, but there were snakes and scorpions. And that, of course, increases the miraculous salvation of Yosef from the pit. So one other thing about putting it outside, the ideal is to put it within one tefach of the doorway. Which side? You put it on the right side, where the mezuzah is. He says the left. That's the halacha. So you have, when you walk into your house, the mezuzah is on one side, and the nerchanukas on the other side. We'll pause at this point and pick it up with more of the sugya of nerot chanukah. Uh, in the meantime, it should have a wonderful day.